Welcome to the Living Healthy Podcast, where you can improve your quality of life by making solid and informed decisions. I'm your host, Eddie Randall. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Living Healthy Podcast. I have another great show lined up tonight. I invite you to check out the Living Healthy Podcast store for all the coolest podcast merch. The link will be in the description of the podcast. The Hype Behind Plant-Based Food Everyone knows how healthy vegetables are, as they are packed with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and flavonoids, etc., Eating a vegetarian or vegan diet eliminates red meat, saturated fat, and some of the unhealthy oils that are associated with cooking red meat. This drastically eliminates your chances of getting cardiovascular disease. Although meat is essential for protein, vitamins, and other nutrients, a diet high in red meat and saturated fat is one that should be avoided. A plant-based diet, put simply, is a diet that includes vegetables, fruits, and beans. In addition, many products are made from vegetables to replicate the meat counterparts that they aim to replace. These products are given chemicals, flavorings, and are textured to make it seem like meat, sort of like the way they do with some of the soy products. Given climate change, animal activism, and the world's ever-growing population, plant-based foods are becoming more and more popular. Since being a vegan or vegetarian constitutes as a plant-based diet, I won't be talking about that in that perspective, as everyone knows how healthy fruits and vegetables are. Instead, I'm focusing on plant-based foods made to look and taste like beef, chicken, and fish. I remember when soy was the end thing in regard to eating healthy. Although still popular, soy does not have the huge demand that it once did. There were links to breast cancer and chest cancer due to components in soy that mimicked estrogen. Granted, there are certain things that put a person at risk for developing cancer. The added variables are continually eating a product that has the potential to cause cancer as well as genetic variability. So I'll be exploring plant-based foods made to mimic meat products. You can get sausage, steaks, fillets, nuggets, burgers, and bacon that are all plant-based. Well, what's in it? It's more than just a mixture of plants, that's for sure. Plant-based meats are primarily made up of beans, pea protein, soy, wheat gluten, beet juice, yeast, and coconut oil. Those are just some of the key components. There are an assortment of beans that are put into plant-based foods. They can be kidney beans, black beans, red beans, and garbanzo beans. Beans are great for fiber, they're full of protein, rich in antioxidants as well as folate. Pea protein is extracted from peas and yellow split peas. It's used as a source of protein and iron to replace those sources found in their animal counterpart. Soy is another component of plant-based foods. Soy is considered to be a heavily processed food. It's mostly used because the texture of soy mimics the texture and consistency of some meat products. Additionally, Soy is used in plant-based foods as a source of protein and nutrients. Soy is also used to make tofu. Where restraint is aroused, 
is in the fact that soy contains isoflavones and the body changes them to phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens mimic estrogen and whenever there is any kind of compound introduced into the body that mimics a hormone, bad things tend to happen, like breasts in men and breast cancer in women and chest cancer in men. Wheat gluten is also another component. It's used to help the plant-based meats hold their shape and to improve shelf life. It gives plant-based beef a spongy texture and is full of protein, phosphorus, iron, and satan. Satan has a Japanese origin. It's a great source of protein and is also the main protein found in wheat. Beet juice is used in plant-based burgers for color. It is also full of antioxidants and betalanes, in particular beta-cyanins, which are the deep burgundy purple color that are in beets. They contain detoxification and anti-inflammatory properties. Plant-based meat also contains yeast, which is used to give the product a hearty, fulfilling, meaty taste. Without yeast, plant-based meat would have a metallic and or earthy taste. Yeast contains zinc, magnesium, phosphorus, and B vitamins, which are essential to those who do not eat meat. Coconut oil is another common ingredient, and its purpose is to make plant-based meat juicy. Coconut oils are healthy, but to a point. Coconut oil is a saturated fat, and it can increase LDL cholesterol in the blood. However, a problem would only arise if you did nothing but eat high amounts of it all the time, every single day. Other Ingredients Even though plant-based foods are considered a healthy alternative, there can be some questionable chemicals found in them. There are a great deal of chemicals involved in making plant-based meat. Due to time and simplicity, I'm only going to cover a few of them. For example, caramel coloring has been used for decades. There's been some evidence that states that caramel coloring leads to cancer, and there is evidence on the other side that has shown that it is not a carcinogen. There are four classes of caramel color based on the type of reactant used. For class 1, it's just basic caramel color. Class 2 uses sulfites as a reactant. Class 3 uses ammonia as a reactant, and Class 4 uses both sulfites and ammonia. This is in regard to the type of color, as in a dark color for soda or lighter brown for plant-based meat. One element in question is 4-mel, or 4-methylamidazole. It is a carcinogen and is a byproduct of creating caramel colors, but not all caramel colors produce this chemical. It's not a byproduct of class 1 or class 2 caramel color, only classes 3 and 4. It's also found in cigarette smoke and is used to make rubber products. There is an article by Chan, Hill, Kisling, and Naiska called Toxicity and Carcinogenicity Studies of 4-Methylamidazole in F344N Rats and B6C3F1 Mice. After a two-year study with mice and rats on a diet that included 4-mel, they state that in male mice there were no significant findings. However, breast cancer, lung cancer, and tumor growth were in the bodies of male and female mice. Furthermore, they state that female rats were at a higher incidence to develop leukemia. 
Obviously, the simple thing to do if you're concerned with this is to avoid plant-based meat. That being said, caramel coloring is also used in sodas, cosmetics, and for coloring of some drugs. I remember years ago when I was in public school, I believe in seventh grade, one of my teachers was talking about soda and stated that cola is actually clear, but they put a dye in it. And I remember his words so clearly, they make you drink that paint. Needless to say, that was not enough to make me stop drinking soda at the time. But if you think about it, orange color, red, strawberry color, and brown cola color for sodas are not necessary. There are organic sodas out there that have the flavoring but not the dye, so you do have options. I know I'm talking about plant-based meat, but I remember my teacher telling us uh, years ago about the coloring um, in soda, so it's relevant as it's used to give plant-based meat that brown color. Now under the Code of Federal Regulations, Title 21, the FDA has excluded caramel coloring from being certified. I'll leave a link in the description of the podcast in case you're interested in reading it. This is significant and very alarming because the FDA does not require food manufacturers to disclose whether or not they use a class 3 or class 4 coloring, and those are the ones that are linked to cancer. They can simply list caramel coloring or the chemical compound name, which some may not recognize until they search for it online. In their defense, I will say that I believe their logic behind this is that in some instances, you may not be able to get away from being exposed to formal, as it's also a byproduct that may form when you are grilling or frying red meat. Granted, you'd be at risk if you ate red, fried, or grilled meat for every meal every single day of your life. The notable difference is the fact that it's a byproduct of food that is supposed to replace red meat, and although it's a healthier option, caramel color is a chemical that is not entirely safe, and since the FDA does not require its certification, you're relying on the manufacturers whose aim is profit. Erythrocene, aka red dye number three, is also used in plant-based meats as a food coloring. Even though it was linked to thyroid cancer in the 1990s and banned for its use in cosmetics and topical medications, the FDA deemed it safe for consumption. Food manufacturers have fought to allow its use in foods and the FDA has agreed. Studies have shown that high doses have caused cancer in lab rats. Even the Codex Alimentarius Commission whose goal is to protect consumers and fair trade among nations, has allowed the use of erythrocene in foods at maximum permitted levels. The EU, who usually are the antithesis on food regulation uh, to in, in America, has allowed the use of the dye in cocktail and candy cherries only. In general, it's used in the United States to add color to hot dogs, cold cuts, meat, as well as baked goods and some dairy products that have a berry color. It may be called Red 3 or Red 14. In Europe, it has been assigned an E number, stating that it's approved for use, so it'll be listed as E127. Tertiary butyl hydroquinone, or TBHQ, is used in plant-based meats as a preservative. 
It's used as a preservative in many fast foods, frozen foods, as well as candies and crackers. It promotes color stability and helps to prolong shelf life. It is an antioxidant, but not the typical free radical fighting antioxidant that you'll find in blueberries. This synthetic antioxidant is also used in some dog foods, roach spray, ant spray, floor lacquer, and varnish. TBHQ has been linked to impaired immunity and is a potential carcinogen. As far as the immune system, this chemical can impair the response to pathogens. On the multidisciplinary digital publishing website, there's an article by Nadenko, Andrews, Temkin, and others called Investigating Molecular Mechanisms of Immunotoxicity and the Utility of ToxCast for Immunotoxicity Screening on the Chemicals Added to Food. They looked at studies and research findings and discovered that TBHQ was found to affect the genes and antioxidant response and alters the B and T cell activation. T and B cells tag and destroy foreign germs in the body, and if they're not able to do so properly, then this can have an effect on your longevity. This allows me to think because everything we eat and everything we are exposed to can affect our life and our health. If we eat food with a certain chemical that impairs our immune system, and then we get exposed to a certain bacteria or virus, our body may not be in its best shape to fight it off. Case in point, the coronavirus pandemic. Even though the United States makes up only 5% of the world's population, as a country, we have more cases than any other country in the entire world. We also eat a lot of foods that contain chemicals and preservatives that are banned in countries around the world. Sodium tripolyphosphate, or STPP, has many uses. It's used as a pesticide, it's used in laundry detergent, disc detergent, and soaps as well. It's also used in leather products, furniture, car seats, jackets, etc. It's used to help even out the coloring of the dye. It's a man-made chemical that is also used in foods to help retain moisture. Using it in foods was not its intended purpose. However, when meat and fish manufacturers found out that it could help the product retain water, the hunt was on to find out how much could be used without changing the taste and texture of the final product. This moisture can help to add body to the food and increase its weight. Most people love seafood, especially if they don't have an allergy to fish. Frozen fish, shrimp, scallops, etc. are soaked in STPP. This helps it to stay moist and juicy once it's cooked. It's used the same way in some plant-based meats. It's suspected of causing neurological disorders, cardiovascular issues, and kidney problems. California's Occupations and Safety Health Act has listed STPP as an air irritant. The Environmental Protection Agency has it listed as a pesticide. Not only that, but the MSDS has it labeled as being toxic to the lungs. Now, STPP is used in other countries around the world, like Canada and the European Union. Those nations have limits on the amount of STPP that's found in food. However, in the United States, the FDA does not put a limit on how much of it can be used in our food.
I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for supporting the podcast. The Living Healthy Podcast is listed on many platforms, including Anchor, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bullhorn, and many others. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to check out the Living Healthy Podcast channel on YouTube. Also, if you have any questions or would like me to discuss a particular topic or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please contact me at livinghealthylivinghealthy at gmail.com. So how is plant-based meat made? Granted, if people saw the majority of how their food was prepared, they may have a different outlook on it altogether. There are some processes that are absolutely necessary in order to produce food in a safe and timely manner in order to feed the ever-growing population of the earth. The majority of manufacturers do want a profit, but they have the customer's best interest at heart. There are very tight regulations and strict safety guidelines that must be followed. That being said, it is a processed food and is far different from a beef manufacturing plant. Plant-based meat ingredients have to be formed in the shape of the food that they are trying to replicate and certain things have to be done in order to make that happen. Hence, the use of certain chemicals and coloring. Ingredients to make plant-based meat are often dry, stringy, and lack the color of meat. They also tend to break apart unless they're bound together somehow. You can easily take ground turkey or lean ground beef and make hamburger patties, meatloaf, and meatballs. It will not be that easy if you're trying to combine products that create their meatless counterparts. I'm not making an excuse to put potential dangerous chemicals in your body. You have the simple choice to eat it or not. You know how sometimes certain things or certain moments stick with you in life? It can be anything, like an experience you had or something that happened. Um, it doesn't have to be remotely important, but it sticks with you. One thing that sticks with me in regard to eating certain things is this. About 20 years ago or so, I was home and there was a TV show on. Um, I didn't really like the show at all, but the TV was on. This lady just finished exercising. She was out jogging a few miles and stopped by her neighbor's house. And her neighbor just baked some cookies or something um, like that, and, and she offered her one. She was reticent to take it, but then decided to do so and said she would have to jog or run a certain distance in order to burn off those calories. I bring that up to say this. You can avoid plant-based meat if you want in order to avoid certain chemicals. You can simply treat yourself once every two weeks or once a month to a real meat burger, hot dogs, or fries. If you're a vegan, you can treat yourself to certain things that you see as acceptable. If you are a vegetarian, I'm sure that there are other guilty pleasures out there that you can indulge in and enjoy. Is plant-based meat nutritious? Well, essentially, yes. It contains vitamins, minerals, and protein that are essential and it will not kill you immediately after you eat it. So yes, they are nutritious. To many, plant-based meats are a welcome recourse to giving up meat, especially if you are someone that typically eats conventional beef and chicken, and you're trying to watch your cholesterol and give up saturated fat. 
That being said, plant-based meats are highly processed. That means they typically have a lot of salt and they generally do. As an example, in most cases, plant-based burgers tend to have in more sodium than conventional burgers. Are plant-based meats healthier than regular meat? Looking at the two choices on paper, I would say plant-based appears healthier. Do I personally believe it is healthier? No, I don't. There is no way man-made processed burgers are healthier for us than the burgers that we get from the cows that God has provided for us. The key is to not eat too much of it. It may be hard for us to accept this as Americans because we live in a time of abundance and on-demand foods. You have to limit how much you eat and this will allow you to live a healthier life. Think of it this way. In Japan, the meat portion size at one dinner for a family of four is typically the meat portion size for one American at one meal. So what they would share in Japan among four people, one person in America would consider a normal size single portion. We're all guilty of it. You know, food tastes good, and especially if you're hungry, it's easy to overdo it. Keep in mind that in addition to limiting portion size, there are options like lean ground turkey and lean ground beef to choose from. Are plant-based foods worth it? Generally speaking, the concept of eating food made from plants is healthier for you. You avoid the saturated fat and can lower your cholesterol and maintain a healthier weight. For those who are living a vegetarian lifestyle or even a vegan lifestyle, this would be ideal. This would also be suitable for animal rights activists and those concerned about climate change and global warming in regard to maintaining livestock. Some of the downsides are, if you don't eat meat, you'd have to supplement vitamin B. This is usually done through injections as with a vitamin B deficiency, you can become anemic and develop neurological issues. There's also an economic impact nationally through job and internationally through trade. This is a huge industry and drastic changes to it will impact the gross domestic product of all countries involved. On a more personal level, plant-based meats are a highly processed food and some questionable and noxious chemicals are often used to make them. Now, there are some doctors that advocate a plant-based diet in the short term to bring down A1C and lower cholesterol. A plant-based diet and plant-based meat are not the same thing though. There are just some foods that you cannot replicate without adding chemicals to assimilate texture and taste. So whether or not you eat plant-based meat is more of a personal choice. I believe in making the decision based on your own research. So this is along the lines of why I decided to make a podcast to present healthier ways of living and to inform and empower people to make healthier decisions. Plant-based meat compared to conventional meat. So how do they stack up? Conventional meat may have more cholesterol. But one serving of plant-based meat contains almost three times the amount of sodium than conventional meat. Now don't get me wrong, if you compare regular bacon with plant-based bacon, regular bacon can have as much as 500 milligrams of sodium per serving, but plant-based bacon can have as much as 400 milligrams per serving. Granted, when bacon is cooking, it's one of the most hunger-stimulating smells. But if you're going to the trouble of trying to eat plant-based, 
then bacon should probably not even be on your mind. If that's the case, have a few slices of regular bacon every two months or so to satisfy that craving. Now in regard to protein content, both types of meat, or both products I should say, are roughly the same. The one difference is the protein in plants is derived from plants, but it's highly processed. Whereas in conventional or organic meat, I should say, it's not. One serving of plant-based meat tends to have in more calories than conventional meat. If you're comparing fast food burgers and chicken versus plant-based, the amount of man-made chemicals and processing leaves much to be desired in both. Price-wise, plant-based can cost twice as much and in some cases three times as much as conventional meat. If you are comparing organic, low-fat, antibiotic-free, hormone-free burgers and chicken, then in my opinion, those are the better choice over plant-based. Price-wise, plant-based is as much or a little less than organic, hormone-free, antibiotic-free meat. Overall, the less processing, the better. What causes problems in the human body is exposure to certain chemicals. Whether it be through diet, environment, or personal care items, chemicals can alter DNA. When man-made chemicals are consumed over a period of time, it can alter our genes and even promote cancer cell growth. Certain hormones and chemicals added to food can mimic hormones and chemicals that the body normally produces. And because they're man-made, our body does not respond to them the same way as the ones that our body does naturally produce. This is what causes problems. Overall, a plant-based diet is different from eating plant-based meat. Plant-based meat could be a part of a plant-based diet if you choose to include it. I would avoid plant-based meat and limit portions of organic meat in general. I would choose only organic, low-fat, no-hormone, and no-antibiotic meats. In addition, I would eat only organic fruits, vegetables, legumes, while limiting food with high salt content, as well as limiting saturated fats. That's going to do it for episode 11 of season 2 of the Living Healthy Podcast. As always, thank you for your continued support. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. And remember, living healthy creates a better you.